is chilling. What more can I say? Top villain. What up, everybody? This your man, Bill Bellamy, and you are watching and listening to the number one podcast in the nation for the culture, the movement, and the discussion. This is it. Top Billing, and I'm your man Bill Bellamy. Today, our guest is in the building. Hard to get him. He's moving and grooving all over the world. He's here today, singer, songwriter, rapper, producer. The dude does it all. He's got all the, the boxes checked off. It's a pleasure to welcome the top Billing, Vic Mensa. What's happening, big boy? Peace, brother. I Come appreciate on, you for man. having me, man. Come on, man. Listen, Vic. I have did my research on you, and I'm 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 really gonna give you your flowers, man. You came out out of nowhere. It feels like you just like said, I'm going to make a name for myself. You know, you came out like in a group at first. You had your group. Y'all was doing y'all thing. And then you just went Bobby Brown solo and just. How did you even think to like, I'm going to get in this rap game heavy? I was actually just telling the sister Divine out in the lobby about that, that it was Tupac and Common. Okay. That really made me want to rap. Okay. Just the way that they communicated to me, I felt like they were telling me the truth about my experience mm-hmm. and almost putting into words the way that I felt that I didn't even know how to process yet. You know what I mean? Wow. School didn't resonate with me the same way. Just being African and living inside of a Eurocentric education system, mm-hmm. it wasn't aligned with me. So when I really discovered like Common's music and he's teaching me Asada Shakur and Tupac, I mean, Tupac's like suspended from school. I was a fool. I'm like, nigga, I'm suspended right like, now. <laughs> I feel this nigga. You know, I feel him. I feel him. <laughs> I felt that nigga. You know right. what I mean? Like, in, in a way that a lot of other things didn't resonate with me. Mm-hmm. And that made me want to pursue it. And I really started studying hip hop, like, from the ground up, though. Cool. You know? Like, I was a graffiti writer first. Mm-hmm. And. I was breakdancing, and I was uh, taking those old records like we were talking about, Cube and... Uh, Public Enemy. Public Enemy and N.W.A. N.W.A. had a song called Express Yourself. Yeah. Express Yourself. Do it right. So that's Jimmy Castor Bunch. So what I started doing was going, finding the samples, buying those records on the vinyl, and we would DJ them and breakdance. I mean, I was kind of like... I was obsessed with hip-hop culture in a way that wasn't really happening... At the time when I was a kid, because right. that's way after that, you know. But the culture just, it just spoke to me. And so I, I fell in love with it in an organic and a natural way like that. Like KRS-One and, you know, yeah, those guys. You, you're, you're getting influenced by guys that are purposeful in their in their music. You know what I'm saying? And when I, when I listen to your music and I listen to your pen game, I'm like, yo, bro. You you educating as well, you know what I'm saying? It's, and it's hard sometimes when you have a a very intellectual mindset when you are writing your music. You ain't just saying, "Yo, we got bitches," and you know, we bit the drop top, popping bottles. You saying some really heavy shit in a melodic way. So if you listen to your bars, one, you gonna learn. Two, the, they crazy your metaphor game. You on some young wheezy shit because you know Wayne to me. That look, guy too. Come on, study Lil, him. Lil, hey, Lil yeah, Wayne. That guy, we gotta always get metaphors. He'll make you think about some shit. Wayne to have you. I think woo. we might need to give Wayne all time king of metaphors. I, I think that's I, I absolutely think Lil right. Wayne is the the number one punchline metaphor <laughs> rapper of king all time of all time. Yeah, and when I think of, of see. 
you 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 young in the game. I, when I was on MTV, I had the pleasure of being friends with Tupac and like you know being around him on and off the the rap part. You know, for his, whether a movie set or at a show or at a comedy show, right? Or hang out with Cube, you know, these guys and, uh, you know, Chuck D. So, like, all these guys that you mentioned that have influenced you, Common, you know, Brother Rashid, what's up, bro? So, anyway, real quick, I feel that they let a really good imprint on you because 100%. they gave birth they gave birth to this talent right here because now when i listen to your music and i have listened to your music now i understand why you're so passionate why you have something to say that's real you know what i mean you're not just rapping for shits and giggles you know what i'm saying and that's that's j cole game to me you know what i mean that's kendrick lamar you guys this generation i applaud you and give you guys um, your flowers because you're pushing the envelope on the culture. We need to keep pushing it. Well, I think hip hop culture is our way of writing our own narrative. Correct. There's so many ways that our narrative has been distorted and created to hold us back, to keep us down, to keep us against one another. Mm -hmm. I mean, every day you see it on TV, images and scenes of black men shooting each other and they say hip hop is the reason, you know. But they don't ever point to the movies. They don't ever point to the video games. Yeah. If you do the numbers on the amount of people playing violent video games or watching violent movies, I mean, the top movie franchises are all about violence. We live in a violent culture, but hip-hop is the one that becomes the scapegoat Absolutely. for all of the violence we experience, as if hip-hop is not a result of that violence already existing. You know what I mean? And so these guys like The Common and, and Pac, um, similarly, the way that I was raised is is to use hip hop as a vessel to tell the truth about what's really going yeah. on. That's what I learned from them is that school ain't gonna teach us. We can't be looking to a, a system that's been used to destroy us to be the one to educate us. Well, My man Malik Youssef, he always says to me, he said, "You can't uh, let your enemies educate your children." And I think hip hop has been a way that we've been able to educate ourselves and educate children and the next generation with the truth. You know what's so cool about this conversation is, as a comedian, I am able to take a snapshot of the culture, even though I do it in a joke, but I'm still speaking the truth, right? You're able to write your snapshot or your experience in the culture and make it speak to me who don't even know you but now I know you because I had that experience that's what I love about hip hop mm -hmm. and I love the culture and then you and, you and we just throwing a beat on some real shit you know what I'm saying we throwing a beat on a real experience 100% what, 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 what moment did you realize that you had to fight to be Vic Mensa what moment when you, did you say you know what man I'm just going to have to keep grinding this way you know I think once I really got in the music industry and I realized that Oh, what I've been aspiring to this whole time is not the music industry. I've been aspiring to artistry. I've been aspiring to inspiring. Right. But the music industry is everything that comes around that. And the music industry is what exploits us. The music industry is what a lot of us end up destroying ourselves through. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. the industry is full of all this temptation. You know, if they talk about the devil on earth, man, it's right. like... They waving all of these carrots to see which one you go eat. Right? Carrots on the 
on the wristwatch, you know, the car, the girl, the deal with all the money up front, but now you don't have any ownership for the next 10 years of your life. Wow. You know what I mean? Right. These are the things that I consider to be the music industry. And once I really got into the music industry and saw how to chew you up and spit you out and love you then, hate you then, love you again, is when I realized, man, I, I have to fight to be me because me is not driven by this materialism, this commercialism, and this industry. That's not what I'm driven by. I'm driven by real conversations, the things I'm speaking about with you. I'm driven by things of purpose and moving with intention and, you know, freedom, truth-telling. Those are the things I'm driven by. Right. And I feel like for all the fans that do know you and love your music, there's a lot of people who don't know you and have, like, this sort of, you know, maybe a, a superficial understanding who who they think Vic Mensa is, right? Because you had some different bumps in the road coming in the last couple of years, cats, mm-hmm. you know, sort of reading you the wrong way, and, you know, and, and then the fans is thinking you on some bullshit and this, that, and the other. And then I saw an, in an interview um, with Sway, who's one of my dudes, shout out That's to Sway. Brother. Shout out to Sway. Um, is is that you just said, man, I'm acknowledging those mistakes, and I'm cool with it. But I'm I'm still here and I'm back on it. Like I love that shit. Like I'm always rooting for the underdog. B. That's just me because I feel like I'm an underdog. Like I always root for the dude that don't give up on himself. You know what I'm saying? A dude that's willing to, to, to do the extra push up. The dude that's like in the in the lab, in the lab all night. He ain't at the club. He in the lab. Well, I think you can only lose if you give up. Right. You know what I mean? Like if you don't quit, then what God has in store for you may have the time to manifest. And I I had to start really meditating on what it means to work in silence, what it means to hustle in the dark, mm-hmm. like how valuable that is, that, that space and time when, you know, people might have given up on you or you're not as visible and they don't know what you're doing, but when you still grinding yeah. and, like, believing in yourself and getting it out the mud when the lights ain't shining on you, I think that that builds a different level of strength mm-hmm. and character and going through a lot of bumps on the road and hitting my head here and stumbling here and being able to find my footing and my foundation in myself. I mean, I'm to the point where it's like, easy to tell you, I don't, I don't go out if it's not something that is for me. I don't drink. I don't right. drugs. I don't girls. What up? Yeah. I don't do none of that no more, like 0%. You know right, what I mean? Right. I you, used, you locked in. I got caught up in that before, yeah. okay. you know, and... That's what I refer to as the industry. I got caught up in that whirlwind. But going through that and finding and rediscovering um, that, that purpose and that hustle, that ambition in the dark, it made it sweet for me because it's like it doesn't, it doesn't tempt me for a second to even fuck with that. Because I'm like, I did that. And I saw where that, yeah, where that leads. Take you off your square. What I'm here for is... What this leads to, you know what I mean? What this grind leads to, yeah. like this dedication, this unwavering faith in myself. I'm here for what that leads to. Everything else, to me, is for the birds. How old are you right now? 30. You're 30. Just, I just turned 30. Just turned, with the wisdom, man, I think what experiences teach us is our weaknesses and our strength, Right. And what's beautiful about you being 30 and having the bumps in the road now, you can guide yourself better. Mm -hmm. You know, when I came in the game, 
I was like 23, 22 years old, never been in the industry, didn't know how fast the game is. Like, you get in this game, and if you hot, you take off. You on private planes, you staying in nice suites, you got chicks that's bananas you ain't never seen on your block before. You be like, yo, I don't even know what mommy look like. Like, this chick is Egyptian. Like, you seeing chicks you ain't never seen look like that in your whole life. And she like, I love you. You like, really, bitch? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the game. And then, if you know, like you said, you got the, you know, the fame. The uh, uh, Now you got some paper. You got the ride. You got the whip. You know, you got a little spot out here in L.A. You got a little spot. You moving so fast, you think that's real life. That's not your real life. That's the, that's the, the industry life. Where boom boom get up go let's do press boom get on the plane yo you going to uh, Portugal in the morning do a photo shoot come back boom 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 you might not get no rest you got to do this you got to do that right and what I find is a lot of times cats get lost because you forget why you even got here because you because you can't control how fast you take off Mm -hmm. you don't know what's going to be your hit record hit record that you're going to have to do the rest of your life, right? You don't know. Like, Aretha Franklin had to do R-E-S-B-E-C-T for the rest of her goddamn life. She ain't want to do it no for more. The rest right? Of her days. <laughs> right, right, right. So what I'm saying is, and and I'm, I'm, I'm going to bring this back to the Tupac reference, is that you will never understand what will be the thing that will make the people love you, right? Or the song that will guide you to this next level. But you have to know who you are on mm-hmm. all the levels yeah. to sustain it. 100%. You see what I'm saying? And that's that's a beautiful lesson that you learned early. Thank God you got it up on you now. Because now as you go and you back on the ass with this new album, Victor, coming out September 15th, you on the ass, B, and you got to no gas, no breaks. We all gas on this. All gas, no breaks. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely all gas. But, you know but that, that's how I feel in a lot of ways. Yeah. Though. I, I feel like I love this that, conversation. That, I, that I'm perfectly equipped at this point in time mm. to avoid the same potholes and pitfalls that might have caught me before because I didn't have the same level of purpose. I didn't have the same level of intention. Mm-hmm. And I definitely had times when I felt like that private plane and that spot in Beverly Hills and that Maserati and, you know, that bitch that say she loved me. You she know what I mean? She loved you. That sound like a song. <laughs> hey, yo, you done wrote it. I see you. You done wrote it already. I had times when I, when I felt like that was that was what was really important. Absolutely, you man. You know what I mean? Like, I, I felt like, okay, so so I'm here. All, all those bases are covered. Then what now? You know? Um, and I think, like, I've gotten to a point where I realize all that superficial shit means nothing. And that what I really came for is so much larger than that. It's such a more magnanimous plan. And... I never moved with a God consciousness at that time. I was actually pretty anti-religious. Mm-hmm. Just growing up and being just critical of the white Jesus mm. that was presented to, to me. Yeah. You know, I never connected. Um, but, you know, it wasn't honestly until scraping the bottom when I realized in that prayer that man, God is formless. God is beyond all of this. You know what I mean? And Facts. I'm going to need God yes. in order to rise back up. Absolutely. You know, and, and in that moment of prayer and finding that humility, you know, in bowing to God, I also feel like I found such a larger power than I could ever access trying to do this shit alone. Dude. The enemy is active whether or not you believe mm-hmm. in the truth. Okay. You know what I mean? And the enemy going to be like, yeah, here's this car, chick, house, 
come over here. Right. Rock with this. Get part of this demonstration. You Correct. know what I mean? But like I said, man, scraping that rock bottom, I think that taught me God. And so I feel like energized in a different way. Like I did Ramadan this year uh-huh. um, and last year. But this year was so dope doing Ramadan because uh, while I was doing it, I was working too. You know what I mean? Like I was on the road. I was writing. I was like hustling the whole time. And so every day I had tasks to do that right. were for me to okay. further my career, to further my music, you know, my acting, mm-hmm. all of it. Um, but each day I also had a purpose that was beyond me because the fasting is not for me. Wow, the fasting yeah. is for God. So I realized, yo, I could implement this into my whole life. I could do what I do for me. But when I bring God into it, that's why you see sometimes these UFC fighters or NBA athletes, they'll be in the middle of the fast and in the middle of Ramadan and sweep the championship. You know what I mean? Or come home with the belt yeah. because they're tapped into a different sense of purpose. Oh, see, that's what we're talking about. That's what I. That's one of the reasons I wanted to do uh, this podcast because I wanted to have an opportunity to tap into purpose. People who have talent, people who have vision, influencers on all, on all levels. Right, your journey is through the music, but the music is just your base. Like you're saying, you're going to use that, the artistry. Mm-hmm. You don't know how many levels that's going to take you. The music is just your base. Yeah, the music is a vessel, man. Yeah. You know, I had a really dope realization about two days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was asking myself in the mirror, who do you place your faith in? Mm-hmm. Do you place your faith in man or do you place your faith in God? Because I was reading a comment about somebody hating on me on right. Instagram or right. saying I can't do this or I'll never be that. And I was also meditating on how I believe that God has gigantic things planned for me. Mm. And so I had to ask myself, well, who do you choose to place your faith in? Because if you believe what somebody says about you, then basically you're putting your faith in them. If somebody tells you, I'm going to have your back if things go left and you Call them when things go left. You just put your faith in them. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So I had to ask myself, am I putting my faith in the haters online? Or am I going to put my faith in God? When things go left, am I going to call them? No, they, gonna no call we him? don't know them. They just haters. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so I had, it helped me because it was like, it silenced all of that because I was like, I can't place my faith in both. So I'm just going to roll this way. Yeah, man. I love that, man. This new album, September Dropping yeah, new album, album, September 15th. Victor, September 15th is dropping on all platforms. You can buy, you can download, whatever. I feel right now this is the this is the, the crazy one for you. Because you, you, you aligned. Like, I always feel like God's timing is flawless. Like, Word. you know what I'm saying? When you can't even understand how it's all falling into place, boom, boom, boom. You meet the right person, boom, boom, boom. Next thing you know... This album right here is 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 right there for you. Are you are you excited? I'm excited, man. You know, <laughs> it's like everything we're talking about is everything that I'm addressing in the album in That's many sick. ways. You know what I mean? It's a story of redemption. It's a story of resilience. It's an mm-hmm. underdog story. Mm-hmm. It's a comeback story. It's a story of faith. It's very Chicago. Yeah. You know what I mean? We it's, love Chicago. It, by the it's way. introspective and also turned up and you know deep and fun all at the same time. Very musical, soul samples and 
some African music. You know, my family's from Ghana. Yes. And uh, yeah, rooted in Chicago though. That that was actually something I wanted to ask you, man. Was What's like <laughs> when you were doing Love Jones in Chicago. Yes. This is nineteen. It was nineteen ninety. Four, four, five, right? four. Yeah, right in there, four, five. Yeah, somewhere in there. What was Chicago like in 94? Ah, wow. It was. Because it feels so real to oh Chicago. Oh, my God. It like, was even so... my big brother, he's Malik Youssef. He's uh, a poet. Yes. He's the poet that was on stage in the poetry club. You lying. At the red hair? I'm dead serious. Whoa! Well, no, he, was, he, he didn't have no red hair. He was like a Muslim. No, dude. no, no. What I'm saying that was what at it was the called. red. Yeah, yeah he was the one that was on stage. Yeah, and he's like a just legendary what? Chicago guy, one of Kanye West's closest collaborators and writers. Uh-huh. I'm watching back the other day. I'm like, there go. This is really Chicago. There yeah. go Malik Youssef yeah. in 1994. Because that's what, what was it like then? So, man? so Love Jones. Was basically like a tribute to Chicago artists, Word. and and that whether it be hip hop artists, writers, you know what I'm saying, that eclectic group of like talented young black people. Mm-hmm. That's what Love Jones was about. So when you see the movie, the reason why you it resonates with you not only because you you are from Chicago, it's a feel to Chicago. Feel real. Chicago got its own thing. That's why I always love performing there, going there. Chicago <clears throat> is like a dope ass album. It's a Word. dope ass album. Chicago's an album that as soon as you put it on, it's soulful, it's sexy, it's cool, and it's a vibe, right? So when you watch Love Jones, you see the texture of the of the stones and uh of the brick buildings and the in the rain and the uh you know the skyline, you know what I mean? Like, and then and then the dark, the dark, sexy little, you know, poetry spots, you know that shit, you know what I mean? That's yeah, why so. you, That's why you should have wrote something for you. You was probably in third grade. Man, when no, I, I was one. I was one year old. You was one. You was uh, yeah. Is that, yeah. When, is that when you met Raj when he was out there? Yeah, yeah, yes, sir. Ninety four. Ninety four. Man, like, can I borrow a dollar? That's like Raj's first out. Wow. Yeah. Ninety four. Something like that. Something right in there. Or resurrection. That's like coming first album, maybe second. I remember. Um, man, you gonna make me go on a tangent about Chicago? I'll, I'll forget why we here because <laughs> I love Chicago so much. One of my favorite joints that you did, sixteen shots. Let me tell you. I came across 16 shots right so I'm just you know on my new hip hop artist kind of thing and sometimes you put in a name or artist they'll give you like people in that area like I put in a Tory Lanez or whoever and then you know then Vic come up so I'm I'm, I'm I'm like getting ready for a show and shit and I'm like yo I had to go hit that light joint you know when you want to lock that joint I want that joint to go away and I have listened to that song I wouldn't say roughly 30, 40 times. That's crazy. It's fire, bro. Yo, and let you, me tell man. you what I love about Y'all make sure y'all check out 16 Shots. What's dope about it is the production, but it's what you're saying mm. and how you're saying it. Yeah, it and it's very place. real. It's raw. And um, it reminds me of Pac in a way. Because Pac would always take a situation and make that whole situation a song and you see it in cinema That's what I felt like When I listened to It was Shack. cinematic It came from a real place Man I was After a young brother Named Laquan McDonald Was killed in Chicago mm-hmm. By a police officer Named Jason Van Dyke Shot him 16 times 
How crazy is that? Damn. You know, while his body's on the ground. And the wildest thing is like, these things are always one degree of separation. One of my closest friends is a kid named P. Lord. So that was his little guy. They both from the west side. And um, so I was out, you know, we were uprising. And it's probably when I was like probably 21 or something like that. And so we uprising out in the streets. And the song, I went back to the studio and wrote it the next day because it was basically everything that happened out there in the streets. So I'm saying uh, they, they threw a little girl on the pavement, pushed her with a bike and said, stay out the way, bitch. She was bleeding on the ground through her braces. This is what happen when niggas don't stay in their places. Because they pushed my, my, my homegirl, Bella Bars, down on the ground. Pushed her with a bike. You know, them police bikes, oh, they use them motherfuckers violently. Like a weapon. I've never seen a nigga use a bike as a weapon before <laughs> yeah, the police. Right. Damn. Maybe try to turn anything into it's a, a we- weapon. Absolutely. Uh, and just, you know, just illustrating every, every step of it, man. And I thought it was just a necessary statement for me at the time because even as we discuss NWA and Ice Cube it's like the the culture moves in cycles you know what I'm saying Correct. you have the Black Panther party and then you have the 80s and everybody's partying drugged out then you have the end of the 80s and NWA is like okay no for real they still killing us over here fuck the police let's wake up then things come back around you got the 2000s and 90s we partying again you know, Kind of, sort of. Yeah, early 2000s, people are focused on a lot of other things. I feel like you come back around to like that 2014, 15, 16, Mike Brown, Laquan McDonald, Alton Sterling, all these different high-profile you know, police murders, and um, it's time to fuck the police again. Right. You know? um, but I think ultimately it's just like being real with the music. So that's why in this album, Victor album, 915, um, like my stories, although it's not the same story about uprising against the police in verbatim, it's like the story comes from the same place. The story is fueled by what's really happening Absolutely. in the streets of Chicago. It's just I have a different perspective on it now, and I probably won't be, you know, marching and like physically fighting with the police the way I was when I was. 21 or 22 because I got a different perspective on that right. now even the way I don't even like to allow anybody to have the power to upset me that much right. I had to come to a place with my understanding of police because I was always I really hated police growing up right. you know what I mean from the way they treated me right. and so for a lot of my life if I would even see the car I'd be like man fuck them you know right, right 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 yeah, um, you you, it's a trigger it's a trigger and so here I am with this feeling of hatred in my heart for somebody I never even met and I had to come to realize man that's that's giving somebody a power over me absolutely I don't want anybody to have the power to just appear and now my equilibrium is messed up my peace no longer exists so the the way I'm approaching things in this album is like more of internal power than necessarily fight the power i'm always going to be revolutionarily minded i'm always going to be politically active but right my perspective and my approach is more internally powerful than like external do you do you find it very difficult to do what you're doing right now and having where you are 
in your mind and in your space of, you know, keeping your peace and yet still have to deal with social media. Mm. And, 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 yeah. And, 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 and yeah, it's because we can't make no mistakes. Damn there. You can't. You, uh, they gonna get you. Yeah, they get you. You know what I'm saying? One wrong clip, whatever. But how do you or how can you see um, utilizing what you want to do with it and utilize it to a benefit to a benefit for you? Yeah, man, I think it's just like being really, really intentional with it. You know what I mean? Sometimes I even consider going through my assistant to even post things on social media. Because one thing I don't do is I don't read what they say. You know what I mean? I don't read the comments, the likes. I had to come to realize, like, whether it's positive or it's negative, it's not what I'm meant for, is to read what, what somebody you don't know What somebody you. I don't know <laughs> thinks about me You know what I mean It's like I, I, I think that either way You know what I mean If it's negative Obviously that can unnecessarily stress you right. If it's too positive Then that can superficially gas you right. Like I want to be gassed off Like my belief in myself My faith in myself Not because you know all the all the girls on the internet say I'm so fine. You right, right, that ain't right, right. That, that doesn't. That, that's that, not really. You know, that's not in alignment with where I'm at. Like I appreciate people showing me love, but I don't want to be swayed by that. I don't want to be swayed by the hate. I want to be like you know Bruce Lee. He says, "Be like bamboo. Bamboo bends, but it never breaks." Ah, yeah. Hey man, I'm trying to tell you, hey man, he probably he's 65. He, he got the why. You know how they know old heads be like, yo, you been here before. You know what I'm saying? No, he told me. He told me. Uh, that's how you know I'm an old soul because we was in the airport with my girl. Sure. She was saying something. I said, well, look, if it ain't one thing, it's another with you. He right. said, now that's some 65 ass <laughs> shit to say. To <laughs> it's true though. It's like you definitely have, you know, you have. Because if I don't really carry her bags in the in the airport, she'd be like, "You hate me." So this time I was rolling the bags, right. and the bag hit the back of her foot, and she like, "Stop hitting my foot." Right. I'm like, "If it ain't one thing, it's, it's another with your ass." <laughs> you ain't see this bag I'm holding. It's heavy as hell. It's got 95 pair of shoes in this mug. And so, so real quick, like you, you not only are. Inclined with your music, your purpose, which is all on point. You also, you know, create your own business, which is kind of fly. You know what I'm saying? Your cannabis line. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. I mean, come on, man. Come on, man. Yeah, kick that off. How'd you kick that off? So it's called 93 Boys. Mm -hmm. I launched last year as the first black-owned legal weed brand in Illinois, Chicago, the whole state. And, um, man, it was a long road. I started hustling when I was in high school. That was first thing I ever did entrepreneurially. Right. You know what I mean? Was <laughs> right. that hallway. That hallway. I was trapping in that yeah. job in, in school. And um but I always took pride in like my packaging, my presentation, my standard of quality. And when the laws began to change, I mean look man, when this shit was illegal, ninety six percent of arrests for weed in Chicago was black people. Absolutely. Now that it's legal, one percent majority black ownership. In the entire industry in Illinois, probably nationally, it's about the same. So when I saw this start to change, I said, "I'm I'm figuring this shit out." Yeah, I'm, get, I'm, I'm getting in. I'm figuring this out one way or another, mm-hmm. and not only am I going to figure it out, I'm gonna make sure I kick the door wide open though, so I could bring niggas with me. Right. And I'm using this as a vessel to be helping people achieve freedom, whether it's 
physically, mentally. We use the company to send books into the prisons. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, we work with foundations built by incarcerated people, and we're working on expunging people's records, getting their cannabis convictions cleared. Yes. You know what I mean? Like using the company not only as a cool factor and cultivation and good weed, but really using it in a, in a responsible and progressive way. Dude, that's bro. I had uh, Wiz Khalifa on here, and he's very much in the same line with Legend. you. Legendary, uh, had the vision from a shorty that he wanted to be in the game. He had strong, strong imagination about what he wanted to do with the game as a young kid, and he ended up just knocking them down one at a time, one yeah. at a time. And one of his businesses uh, uh, cut, is it, it's called Khalifa. Khalifa Kush. Khalifa, it's crisp. Yeah, it's, it's very it's crisp. crisp. Yeah, it's very crisp with the, with <laughs> emphasis on the crisp. Yo, it, he opened he opened it right here, and I saw my I saw, I saw I saw my spirit <laughs> just, just just float across. My my spirit was behind the top billet right nah, here. We got to give Wiz his flowers, man. Yes. Wiz Wiz is definitely one of those that kicked the door wide open for for weed, man. Just like really one of the most. Legendary figures in, in cannabis, I would say. Yeah, I mean, he, you know? him, Snoop. Him, Snoop. It's crazy, the parallels between those two, right? It's like it's like, it's like like father, son, it's or like uncle, nephew. Yeah, or yeah, something. it's like it's, it's, it's right from the tree. That's what I swear to you, bro. And then Snoop then took his soul, middle America, mainstream. Yeah. Who could have ever imagined you would be? I never thought I'd ever see uh, Snoop in Skechers. I was like, you know, <laughs> when... When you see Snoop in some sketches. When you see Snoop walking down and, that and it, beach but, but in that he, commercial. But he was like, hey, they comfy, nephew. <laughs> <laughs> if you would have told me, if you would have told me 25 years ago, Calvin Broaders, a.k.a. Snoop Doggy Dog, would had murder was the case that they gave me, and thirty years later he got on Skechers. Hey, I'd, I be like, I'd be like, cracked, God is good. I think I just cracked the code. What you think do? I just figured out why he say nephew like that. Why he say nephew? Because it's cuz, but now since he's an uncle, it's nephew. Like, what's your cousin's father? Boom! <laughs> you they nephew? <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> I don't know what kind of weed he owned, but he figured out that code quick as hell. Did you see that? Because I'm like, why he call everybody, everybody nephew? nephew. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I just cracked the car. <laughs> hey, I, I feel a little, I feel a little some type of way that, you know, you had an incredible freestyle on, um, on Sway, who's my man, by the way. I was hoping, you know, there would be something you could drop for top billing that would be kind of kind of fly, you know what I'm saying? A little yeah, something. Some give, top billing bars, man. I mean, just give us something that sparkles a little bit, you know what I mean? I ain't got no beat or nothing. Do I need to get a beat? Like, I don't know. Can we just go from the head? Man, let me, let me think. What you want to hit us with? I got some. I got some. Let me, let me see where it goes. Okay. Uh, it's like 
These days I'm less about the hue of their skin and more about human beings. I touch down and I cry feeling like Prince Akeem. It's a must I win coming from whence I came. How you know I'm him? I take an L and turn to Elohim. God body F5 robbery. The jury got more colors than a pride party. Straight girls go by for me. Dark shades at blind bar but a fade on tie dollar. I'm flying Emirates when I slide Saudi. And out of Sababa like I'm Holly Selassie. Folks walking with that drum like he play mariachi. Put the burner up on him, I ain't talking to Bachi. They on both sides like Ford supplying the Nazis. That's untold history. Spit unknown mystery. My gun off safety. Y'all done try to play me and come up short like a Congo pig of me. They either gonna love or hate me. Any convo mention me. In the rack, I pull strings like Chicago Symphony. The orchestra. I'm going sunrise with the orchestra. So many suns, I might just open the orphanage. I used to keep pills in hand like I was Morpheus. The rap game is the matrix. I'm past fame and temptations. The packs came in a spaceship, trapping gas out an electric car. That's crazy outrageous. On the floor for Javante Davis in Vegas. Oh, hold on. Bars. Hey, yo, man, I'm trying to tell you, man, you might want to throw your influence. Weezy got to be in there. Your metaphor game kind of crazy, B. I'm putting Wayne in there for sure. Oh, yes. Wayne, we just identified Wayne as the single greatest punchline metaphor rapper of all time. Of all time. And obviously the case for Wayne just being the greatest rapper of all time of any categories is a fully valid argument. Right. We can can go there. Anybody can make that argument. Yeah. A lot of the guys do. I want to... on my show, we always have a fun with our guests when they come on. This portion of the show is called All Facts. Yeah. All Facts. I ask you a couple questions, and you just tell the truth on how you feel about it. I guess. All right. You ready? You ready? You ready, B? I'm ready. Okay. All Facts with Vic Mensa. Vic, if you could put together five of the dopest rappers on one show, including yourself, you number one. Who's the four other? This is the ultimate show. This is alive or we can, or we go we go past present future. Jeez, Who you I, want on your shit? Yeah, I, got, I need Pac. On the ah, hell, Mary. <laughs> Common. Ah, yes. Most Def just came to me. Oh, and Busta Rhymes. Oh my God. That's a crazy What's it going to be? Bust Rhyme. <laughs> I love Bust. Bust is one of the nicest of all time. Period. So you got Bust? I got Busta, Pac, Common, and most Def. That sounds like oh, a crazy Oh, come on, concept. man. That's, that's, a, that's a tribute to hip-hop right yeah, there. Yeah, that's hard. 50 years of hip-hop. 50 is, years of hip-hop. 50 years of hip-hop, all facts. If you had to encompass the one rapper that totally influenced who you are today... And gave you like the boom to make Vince Mensa come out the mud. Which rapper is it and why? I'm giving that to Common. Okay. I'm giving that to Common. Why? Common, he ex- he expressed the the streets I was on as I was on them. You know what I mean? He was rapping about the bus I took to and from school while I was listening to it. Mm-hmm. So seeing the way that he was able to make all these things live in his music, like the reality of Chicago, the history of black people and Afrocentricity and humor and wit and a good time and love and gangbanging. I mean, come and be on the record gangbanging too. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> he 
He be like, damn, what you, he said about the folds. I was told either focus or fold. Yeah, he was, you know, I, I'm giving it to Kami. Yeah. yeah. I, I, Kami I, no Kanye. Kami no Kanye. I don't know why. I don't know why I didn't just put Kanye on that show. What? Yeah, or Hove. Or I mean, Hove. So you but he st- said one. He said one. He said one artist. No, one artist, because I wanted to make it hard for you. I wanted to make it hard so that you could, because there's so many people that are definitely influential in your career. I'm just thinking the reason why I said one, because I just wanted you to focus on one person that you know that Mm. had the most of it. And Common makes the most sense. I'm giving it to Common. Yeah, yeah, we got got to give him that. Also, too, you got a new album dropping. Where can people come out to see your show, man? I want to come see you live. Actually, we'll be in L.A., on September 21st. Okay. Yeah. Do you know where you're performing at? Yeah, September 21st. I'm actually doing a 10-year anniversary of my debut tape, the internet tape, with Chance doing a 10-year anniversary of Acid Rap in L.A. at the Forum. Oh, on man. On the 21st. I'm in the building. Ain't, Come nothing, on. ain't nothing to talk Got about. To. That's a done data. Got to. Hey, man, tell everybody where they can follow you. Make sure you go out and get his album when it drops. Victor, September 15th, September 21st. He'll be out here in L.A. getting busy with the hottest shit popping. Hey, man, ladies and gentlemen, make some noise for Vic. Vic Mensa in the building. Let's go. Let him feel him. Top building love in here. I appreciate y'all for having me, man. Victor album 915, available everywhere. Follow me at Vic Mensa on every platform. Holla. Let's go. And now you got to do some um, drops. Yeah. This one? Yeah. yeah That's your camera. Solo, uh, you introduce yourself. Tell them that you're on Top Building with Bill Bellamy. I guess you. Um, tell them to check out my episode out now. All right. Add your own flavor to it, though. What's going on, y'all? This is Vic Mensa. I'm in a building with Bill Bellamy on Top Building. My episode is out now. Victor Album 915. Let's go. All right. That's it. Damn. One take, One take Jake out this motherfucker. Now watch me fuck up. <laughs> now nah, motherfucker stutter shit. All right, what's up? All right, ready? Three, two, one. What up, everybody? This your man, Bill Bellamy, and this is Top Billing, the number one podcast for the culture, the movement, and the discussion. Today, we have the most amazing conversation with rapper, singer, songwriter, producer, Vic Mensa. New album dropping September 15th. Victor, up next. Milk is chilling. This is chilling. 